You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This is a special edition. Mark K. reacting to President Trump's first State of the Union address. Keep listening for analysis and perspective. This is where Jacksonville turns first to hear the latest developments in the Trump White House. News 104.5 WOKV. Man, I tell you, I am shocked. Shocked and slightly appalled that in that entire 120 minute speech last night, not one person, not one person in the entire Capitol building shouted out dilly dilly. I mean, and there were so many great opportunity, uh, opportune moments to do so. Like when, you know, Guantanamo Bay will stay open. Dilly dilly. Where was, you know, had I been there, there would have been some dilly dillies from beginning to end because that was the dilly dilliest speech uh, I've ever heard and, and you know, not, not since last year's presidential speech to Congress right after Donald Trump took office was there such a rousing and hopeful and inspiring and optimistic speech and I'm not just the only one saying it you guys are saying we got so many open mics about this whether you like it or not learn to love it Trump is the best thing going today woo Trump it up! That, that seems to be the... So look, CBS did a poll, and 75% of people that watched this speech were inspired by it. Eight out of ten people said that it was a great speech, that it was, that it was uh, a bipartisan, that it was unifying. 65% said they felt great about the future of America after Donald Trump's speech. So there's really, there's really nothing negative. I thought for sure that there were going to be people that were like, oh, we got to find the negative spin on this. We got to figure out a way to, to make Donald Trump look stupid after this speech. But it's, you know who looks stupid after this speech? It's the other side. Wow. After that amazing speech last night is definitely not cool to be Democrat anymore. When was it ever cool to be Dem? Maybe like in the 70s. Uh, maybe back, uh, back before, before my time. But that was definitely the ongoing. Not only did Donald Trump make himself and the, and the Republican Party and his agenda look truly inspiring and American and optimistic and possible. Not only did all that happen, but the Democrats who sat there sulking, sitting on their hands, doing nothing, not even standing, not applauding, not even when Donald Trump said, God bless America, did they get up? Once again, the Democrats showed last night how disconnected they are from the general public, sitting through every one of the president's high points about the great things that are happening. They wouldn't even stand up when he said, God bless America. It is true. I watch I watch these people sit there. The you know from the, they what they showed Nancy Pelosi walk in to the arena or the, the to, to the Capitol building to the uh the, you know to the the floor and she's wearing black of course because number one she is uh she is uh, basically um protesting Donald Trump everything he stands for and of course she wanted to color coordinate with her soul so she comes in and she sits down the Congressional Black Caucus they come in they sit down never stood up never raised uh, uh you know even a, a, a tiny emotion. 
whatsoever. It was it was it was distressing and kind of pathetic to see that during the most rousing bipartisan moments of his speech, the Democrats did nothing. And you guys noticed it, too. My only concern about Trump's address last night was that he did not throw out a bunch of pacifiers to the Democrats sitting in their seats like a bunch of babies. <laughs> it was pathetic. That's the big story today. How how just ridiculous the Democratic response was and how going into an election year, they not only helped Donald Trump look better, but made themselves look ridiculous. I am amazed that those elected Democrats acted like that. I would be very embarrassed if I elected those people. Well, thank God you don't have to worry about that. Thank God you don't. And if you did elect one of those people, you know, I mean, look, now you know exactly uh, what you These are people who sat and listened to a speech about how great America is and how we want to make America even greater. These are people who sat and listened to a speech where Donald Trump pinpointed um, amazing Americans from all walks of life, all colors, all races, all creeds, some not even from this country, pinpointed the, the amazing things that they're doing and how it should inspire all of us to do better. And these people just sat there. Showing no now the state the uh, the uh, Supreme Court justices are not allowed or supposed to show any emotion. I didn't think the Joint St- Chiefs of Staff were either, but they started applauding each other uh, when uh, the president mentioned how ISIS was almost um, you know annihilated. But you know, but for the most part, the Democratic part of the gallery was silent, and there were parts of the speech where they really should have been excited. For example, I mean, here's let's get into it. Here's how he kicked it off yesterday. Less than one year has passed since I first stood at this podium in this majestic chamber to speak on behalf of the American people and to address their concerns, their hopes, and their dreams. That night, our new administration had already taken very swift action. A new tide of optimism was already sweeping across our land. Each day since, we have gone forward with a clear vision and a righteous mission to make America great again for all Americans. And they didn't even applaud that. The Republicans did, but the Democrats, they don't want America to be great for all Americans. They want America to be great for a select few Americans who happen to vote for them. And you know, Donald Trump, he wasn't swayed. He just went on, man. He had this great, glorious speech planned. He had his points. He knew what he was going to hit on, and he hit on them. And one of the most – the other thing that he did was, man, he picked these great stories, and he sold the emotion, and he had – Amazing examples of of American stick to itiveness, and one of them, of course, about uh, one of the members of Congress. Some trials over the past year touched this chamber very personally. With us tonight is one of the toughest people ever to serve in this house. A guy who took a bullet, almost died, and was back to work three and a half months later. The legend from Louisiana, Congressman Steve Scalise. That Steve Scalise moment was a fantastic moment. That Steve Scalise moment was a fantastic moment. And it just showed how strong America is and how uh, exuberant we are and how the spirit, not only, you know, in America, but in Congress, lives on despite whatever happens. By the way, I'd like to point out that Steve Scalise is a Republican and he was attacked by an angry Democrat, uh, a Bernie Sanders voter, who did not get his way. But it, does, it didn't matter. It didn't matter to the Democrats in the gallery yesterday. It didn't matter that Steve Scalise was shot by one of their own and came back victorious. They still, they still, nothing doing, man. They were just going to sit there and, well, sulk. 
President Trump did an awesome job last night, and it's amazing to see that the Democrats have nothing to stand on. All they could do is sit there and sulk. Great job, President Trump. Yeah, great job, President Trump. And we'll talk about sulking. The Congressional Black Caucus, they didn't even stand up and show any emotion when Donald Trump pointed this out. And something I'm very proud of, African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. Those cheers, those cheers were not from the Democrats. Those cheers were not from the the uh, Congressional Black Caucus. Those cheers were not from the people who the African-Americans sent to Washington to represent them. Those were from the Republicans. You know, and, and Donald Trump continued talking about how great the economy was. After years and years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. And he went on to talk about the tax reform In policy. April, this will be the last time you will ever file under the old and very broken system. And millions of Americans will have more take-home pay starting next month. A lot more. And nothing at all from any of the Democrats while Donald Trump was outlining all these amazing things. Wage stagnation is gone. African-American unemployment, the lowest ever. Tax reform, more take-home pay. Everybody in America, everybody in America, no matter who you voted for, if you voted for Hillary, if you voted for Donald Trump, if you threw your vote away on a vote for Bernie Sanders or some other Green Party candidate, Jill Stein or whoever, it doesn't matter. You're going to get you're going to get more money starting this month. In your pay. And these are all things that have happened in the first year. And these are all things that anybody should be excited about and should applaud because they positively affect Americans. However, the Democrats not only did nothing to make any of these things happen, but now they're sitting there and they're not even going to pretend like they're happy that their constituents are making more money. What in the world are they thinking? What in the, how are they not? How, how do they think these are good optics going into an election year? How do they think this is going to garner any favor with their base? How do they think this is going to flip any independence to their side? How do they think this is going to weaken Donald Trump, who at the moment has the bully pulpit, has the microphone and is using it and is using it to his to his benefit? He's getting up there. He got up there yesterday and he said, here's everything great that we've done. And here's everything great that we're going to continue to do like this. We repealed the core of the disastrous Obamacare. The individual mandate is now gone. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that the Democrats are not going to stand and applaud that. But he went on to talk about this. People who are terminally ill should not have to go from country to country to seek a cure. I want to give them a chance right here at home. It's time for Congress to give these wonderful, incredible Americans the right to try. Yeah. And the emotionless zombies on the Democratic side of the gallery sat there with no emotion or 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 energy or movement at all. Donald Trump says, hey, let's give sick people the right to try and live. And that doesn't resonate with the Democratic Party. What, you don't want people who are sick to try to have the right to fight to live? I, mean, I just I just don't understand it. You do, though. You can say what you want about Donald Trump. 
But after watching him last night and what he said, I believe he's doing what I hired him to do. He absolutely is, and that's probably why the Democrats are so gosh darn angry. 340-1045. We got tons more open mics. We got tons more clips of the State of the Union. We're uh, we're getting ready for this big roundtable, too, at 11. 340-1045. Give me a buzz. Let me know what you loved or maybe didn't like about last night's State of the Union. This is the Mark K Show. Your phone call's coming up on News 1045 WOKV. State of the Union last night. Wow, what? I mean, probably the best State of the Union Donald Trump's ever given. And I knew he tried. He tried to break the record that's still held by President Clinton. He was at 120 minutes, eight minutes shy of the, well, eight minutes and 47 seconds shy of the longest speech ever. But he's still got several more years to go. So I'm confident that Donald Trump will leave office with the biggest and best uh, State of the Union speech. The last night's was great, though. I mean, it got some people singing. La, 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 la. That was the most inspiring State of the Union address I've witnessed in a very, 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 very long time. Thank you, President Trump. We are all making America great again. Tons of open mics just like that. And if you want to send one, by all means, use the uh, News 104.5 mobile app. Or just give, you know what, give me a buzz, 340-1045. We're doing a special uh, one-hour Mark K show pre-roundtable episode. I don't know what, even what you're going to call it. But uh, coming up here at 11 o'clock, I joined Dana Lash from The Dana Show. Herman Kane, who was in attendance last night at the State of the Union. He's in D.C. right now. And Chris Chandler, our buddy from uh, WSB in Atlanta, our sister station. And the four of us will break down, of course, everything that we saw at the big stories of the day from the State of the Union and where we go from here. But it seems like everybody, everybody, uh, at least listening in Jacksonville, was thrilled by it. I believe President Trump is one of the best presidents of our time. Good to see so much good being done in such in only a year. State of the Union address was awesome. Wonderful tone coming from the top down. I'm excited. Let's make America great again. Let's do it. Let's, and there was there was so much in Donald Trump's uh, speech that was just, you know, he, he he stood up for what he believed in. He stood up for what he believes. He told everybody else to stand up for the national anthem. Preston's reverence for those who have served our nation reminds us of why we salute our flag, why we put our hands on our hearts for the Pledge of Allegiance, and why we proudly stand for the national anthem. He was not afraid of anybody, the Democrats, the North Koreans, the, you know, be haters, the haters, uh, mad because he has floor seats with the Lakers, whatever. And he wasn't, uh, it's the, you know, afraid of the NFL. Nobody. And that, you know, exactly what put him where he is today, exactly what got him the success that he has, not just in business, but in politics and now as president of the United States, came out, dripped from every word of that speech. And at the end of it, everybody was left with a sense that here's a president who A, gets it. B, understands what it's going to take to make America great again. C, is actually doing all of those things. D, doesn't care what anyone else thinks. And E, uh, you know, can go uh, for a long time reading off of a teleprompter and make it seem really sincere, which some presidents have had a problem with. You know, the the thing about this speech was that watching it, we you know even watching all the the pre-party and the and the the, uh, the you know the all the, the, the pundits beforehand talking it up. All you, you heard people, you know, saying Here's the problem here. I heard Tom Brokaw, who, why, get the man off television already. I heard him talking right up to the minute that Paul Ryan, 
um, introduce a president about Mueller and the Mueller investigation and the shadow and the cloud that hung over the Capitol and the shadow and how Mueller wasn't in the chamber, but his spirit was. And I was like, really? I didn't see Mueller's spirit anywhere. What I saw was the spirit of Washington and the spirit of Lincoln and the spirit of Reagan. What I saw was the spirit of the American people. What I saw was the spirit of what makes this country great. And it had nothing to do with Robert Mueller and his investigation. Uh, by the way, one of the greatest moments of the speech you may have missed, it was when Donald Trump was walking out and a, uh, a congressional Republican came up and said, hey, the memo, you got to release it. You got to release it. And Donald Trump's mic was still on and they recorded him saying, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. One hundred percent. So we all have that to look forward to. 340-1045 is the number. 340-1045 is the number. We got 30 more minutes before our big roundtable with Herman Cain, Dana Lash, and moi. If you want to get in and let us know what you thought, how inspired you are, or what you would have liked to hear that you didn't, now's your chance. 340-1045. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Whether you like it or not, learn to love it. Trump is the best thing going today. Woo! Trump it up! Man, that is definitely the sentiment around town today. Here in Jacksonville, 340-1045. Uh, call in, let us know if you're ready to, to Trump it up. Woo! Trump it up! Or if you're like one of the Democrats and you just thought it was the most ridiculous thing uh, you've ever seen and you were disgusted and you sat there with no emotion and you just couldn't wait for it to be over. Wow, after that. Oops. Wow, after that amazing speech last night is definitely not cool to be Democrat anymore. Hear that? It's not cool to be Democrat anymore, kids. So don't even try it. Tony, also stop eating Tide Pods. Uh, Marilyn, thanks so much for calling the Marquee Show. Marilyn, good morning. How are you? Marilyn, can you hear me? And? Hi, Marilyn. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Oh, great. What did you think of the speech last night? I thought he hit a home run right out of the park. Touchdown goal, man. He was awesome. He made me proud to be an American. And and, and, and as far as the Democrats, I'm sorry. They should be ashamed and hang their heads. Yeah, well, they were doing just that. It was, it was, I don't know who their PR people are, and I don't know what, you know, what, what kind of pep talk they gave them or what kind of strategy session they had, but the fact that they've made it so blatantly obvious that they just were not going to stand for anything, even the bipartisan, partisan positive, you know, moments of the speech, like Trump saying, hey, African American un unemployment is so low, and hey, people who are dying, we're going to let them try to live. Both of those sentiments, I thought, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you're going to stand up and you're going to apply that but they they refused to do anything of the sort which i thought was really bad sportsmanship on their point part mark we're all americans for god's sakes i mean accept it we're americans what this is president he's done so much for us so far he's not perfect but i he has my blessings i know that yeah all right well hey thanks so much for your call we really appreciate it and maybe it's just that they were upset that they couldn't take credit for all this great stuff maybe it was they're upset because after sitting through obama speeches for eight years they're sitting through the trump speech and he's taking credit for all these great things like uh, tax reform and being able to give people more take-home pay and being able to say that you know hey there's there's uh, less unemployment in the african-american communities and in the hispanic communities and Oh, get this. We got rid of the individual mandate. So people that can't afford to pay this penalty because they can't afford to pay for health care. Guess what? Now they're not going to have to pay for either if they don't want to, because it's their money. Maybe that's what they were upset about. Maybe they were upset because they could never say we've actually almost uh, wiped out ISIS. 
You know, maybe they could never say we've actually come close to a comprehensive immigration plan and we're going to offer a path to citizenship, not just for the 700,000 dreamers that Obama wanted to have, but for 100 or 1.8 million of them. And in return, all we want is that wall that we deserve and that we need to protect ourselves. Maybe that was why they were so upset. Maybe it wasn't what Donald Trump was saying at all. Maybe they were just ticked off because of their own inaction. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was just it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous to watch, especially during the parts of the speech that seemed to be the most American speech, you know, like the most anti-Republican, not anti-Republican, but uh, you know, bipartisan, I guess you could say. The, the, the parts of the speech where Donald Trump was saying things, and there were a lot of them, that really everyone should have agreed upon. There were things going on that everyone, that nobody should have taken any fault with. But yet you had Nancy Pelosi and her cronies and you had the Congressional Black Caucus and you had all these other Democrats sitting there openly sulking about it and showing the world, because it's not just the United States, showing the world not just how partisan we are, but how partisan they are. It was it was a strange sight and something I don't remember. You know, I don't even remember. I know that during the Obama speeches, uh, I'm sure there were Republicans that sat down. I'm sure there were were Republicans that, that, uh, you know, silently protested in some way. But for whatever reason, it wasn't as blatant. It wasn't as as outright uh, insulting and it wasn't as outright un-American looking as the Democrats tended to make it. Maybe it's because there were fewer Republicans in the place. But um, but it was it was an interesting thing to watch. And I think that's going to be the big story today. We're going to talk with Herman Cain here in a minute. We're going to talk with Dana Lash. We're going to do this incredible roundtable. And I think when you look back, the big story that the, the big takeaway for this issue or that everyone's going to say is not only did Donald Trump do better than expected, but the Democrats came away looking like a bunch of sour grape morons. And that's not the image they need to start portraying into an election year. Uh, you know, they, they appear to be just they're going to have the with uh, the sourpuss for the next few months or years and they're not going to hide it and they're not going to rally and they're not going to be positive at all. And the fact that they couldn't even come forward yesterday and stand up and applaud when Donald Trump said something like, you know, after years and years of wage stagnation, we are finally seeing rising wages. Yeah, they didn't. You'd think they'd like that. I mean, who doesn't want rising wages? You know, take and shockingly, they're not even taking credit for any of that. You'd think they'd have stood up at this. It's something I'm very proud of. African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. I mean, that's something else that you think the Democrats would be all about. But they just sat there. They were they were not only quiet, they were angry. You know, they kept cutting to Nancy Pelosi. They kept cutting to, to, you know, prominent Democrats who just looked angry to be there, not happy at all uh, that they were listening to all of these great things that supposedly their constituency voted them into office to take care of. They were getting done. But they didn't seem to care. Uh, and then, of course, Donald Trump had what I thought was a great uh, ending to the speech. He decided he was going to wrap it up by talking about America and American ideals and the things that really made this country great. And one of the most moving moments was this story of a North Korean fella. This guy was in North Korea stealing coal so that he could eat because he, he had no food. He had no money. He stole coal off a train, tried to barter it for some food, ended up passing out from hunger. One of his legs was run over by the train. He had to go through amputations without, mind you, any kind of uh, any kind of uh, anesthetic. They just they just stuck a, a, a stick in his mouth and said, this is going to hurt. And they cut off his leg. And then 
Then, not only that, he was tortured after going to China. Uh, you know, he came back and he realized this sucks, basically. Being North Korea, it's horrible. I don't want to live here. First of all, I'm starving to death. I have to steal to get food. I lose my leg. They don't even use antiseptic. And then when I leave to go to China and I come back, they torture me? It's ridiculous. So, on crutches and all... With his with with only one leg, with only one working limb, he hobbled his way through China and Asia and eventually got back to Seoul, South Korea, where he started broadcasting back into North Korea and started being a, a resource for North Koreans who wanted to defect and find freedom. And now here's this kid who thought he was going to die years ago on a railroad track and he's sitting in the United States Capitol building. Not only listening to the president of the United States give a State of the Union address, his first State of the Union address, but actively participating in it. And his story, his incredible life story, is being broadcast to the entire world, much like he used to broadcast his story into North Korea to inspire those who were trapped underneath the, 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 the horrible regime of Kim Jong-un and his father before him, inspiring those people to make a better life for themselves. Now here's President Donald Trump using that same story to inspire not just South Koreans and North Koreans, but people all over the United States of America. And at the end of this thing, Donald Trump says, look, the guy still carries his crutches around so that it's a reminder of where he come from and how far he's come. And this dude stands up with his old, rickety, wooden, hobbled across half of Asia crutches and the place goes wild. Place goes, it's ridiculous. The uproarious applause, it was even more than when Steve Scalise stood up. And then, of course, there were the Democrats who sat there and, and did nothing. And after that, Donald Trump said, look, I tell you this story. And I invite, because my wife even says, what's the point of bringing this guy here? Why is he here? Is this just a political ploy? No, it's not. The, the reason the guy is there. The reason he came all the way from South Korea, the reason he hobbled his way across Asia, the reason he wanted to be uh, the reason he was there anyway was as a, as a banner and as a monument to freedom. And as Donald Trump pointed out, just like the monument on top of the Capitol Dome, just like the statue that stood there for a century, just like that monument to freedom over the capital of the freest country in the entire world, so too was this guy a beacon of freedom. And it's something that Donald Trump wanted each and every American to remember. It was that same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny, and that together they could light up the entire world. That is what our country has always been about. That is what Americans have always stood for, always strived for, and always done. And that is why that guy was there all the way from Seoul, South Korea. That is why he was in the gallery at the Capitol. That's why all of those people were there or should have been there. 
because of America and because of the freedoms. And it's all about freedom, the freedom to choose, the freedom to do and say what you want, the freedom to carry a gun and protect your family, the freedom to go to school, the freedom to, to you know, say you're a horrible president or the freedom to say, I don't care if you think I'm a horrible president. I'm still going to give you more money every month because you're an American and the government has no reason to take all this money from you, even though you voted for somebody stupid like Hillary Clinton. These are the freedoms that every American on both sides of the aisle should have and you have the freedom to stand up and cheer and yes unfortunately for the sit and sulk democrats you've got the freedom to sit and sulk but as donald trump said at the finale of his first state of the unions the best one he's ever given he ended it with this simple message as long as we have confidence in our values faith in our citizens and trust in our god we will never fail our families will thrive, our people will prosper, and our nation will forever be safe and strong and proud and mighty and free. Thank you, and God bless America. Good night. Those are the sentiments that Donald Trump has heralded throughout his entire candidacy throughout his entire first year in office confidence faith trust in god thrive prosper be safe strong proud mighty free and the democrats sat there and did nothing they're against all that they're against confidence faith trust in god thriving prospering safety strength pride mighty and freedom that's the message that I got from last night's State of the Union. Quick break. More of your phone calls coming up. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Yeah, and at 11 o'clock today, I'll be talking with Herman Cain, Dana Lash, Chris Chandler. We're going to be doing a whole roundtable. I don't know if we're going to be sitting at an actual roundtable. I don't know what shape the table is. But basically, you know, it's like an old, uh, it's an old, you know, it's an old saying. Anyway, but we're going to be going over the entire we're going to be in, going over the entire State of the Union. We're going to be getting more of your insight. Uh, Herman Cain, my good friend, was there last night in the gallery. I tried to look for him. I tried to tell him, and I'm going to bring this up to him. I was like, yo, yell out Shucky Ducky one time so that we all know at least that you're there and where you're sitting. Because I mean, everyone was screaming and yelling and cheering, and they were all excited, of course, unless they were Democrats. But it, a good, uh, no one yelled out Dilly Dilly, which shocked me. But I thought for sure I was going to hear a big, oh, Shucky Ducky. And then I would be like, oh, that's uh that's Herman over there. Anyway, that's coming up here in just a few minutes. First, though, a couple more of your open mics about, uh, you know, your feelings today after watching Donald Trump's first State of the Union address. What a unique president we now have. Pushing hard to fulfill all of his campaign promises. Straight talk, no politispeak, driven simply by desire to succeed and not to buy votes. How refreshing can that be? How refreshing it is that you have a guy who goes into office, says, I'm going to do this, and then does it. How refreshing to have somebody who's not worried about getting reelected or, or uh, you know, appealing to uh, the, the people that uh, paid for him to be in office. How appealing to have a president that gets up there and just doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. And if you want to sit on your hands, that's fine. We're still going to make America great again. And how refreshing it was to have a, a president who spoke about we and America and greatness and left us feeling optimistic about the future instead of upset that he was ever elected. You know, at least that's what the majority, 75 percent of people. And this is not a Fox News poll. This is not, uh, we know, whatever Republican organization, Heritage Foundation poll. This is a CBS News poll. 
CBS News. It's right there on the Drudge Report. You can check it out for yourself, or you can just sit here and listen to me tell you because I'm not going to lie to you. 75% approve of the speech that Donald Trump gave yesterday. That is that is a ridiculously high amount. 65% of the people said it made them feel proud to be an American. 35, oh, let's go. That's crazy loud. Uh, 35% said that it made them feel safer. And only 14% said they were scared uh, or angry after the speech. So, I mean, a really, a fantastic job by President Donald Trump yesterday. And uh, and we're going to go into this more here in just a minute. We're going to have reaction, I'm sure, throughout the day. We're going to see now if Donald Trump can get to the next huge hurdle, which is, of course, immigration. Immigration. He set forth again his immigration policy. Four pillars. Number one, a path to citizenship for 1.8 million dreamers. Number two, border security. Number three, we got to get rid of the visa lottery. And number four, we've got to end chain migration. Those are the four things he's laid out. Those are the four things he's going to be working on next. As my good buddy, Washington insider Jamie Dupree wrote me this morning, he said something will move on immigration in the next few weeks, which means Donald Trump's about to trump it up. Woo! Trump it up! Yeah, 340-1045. Leave us an open mic, too, at News 1045 WOKV by downloading the uh, the mobile app. Don't go anywhere, because I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be sitting right here, and I'm going to be joined by Herman Cain, former presidential candidate and host of The Herman Cain Show, Dana Lash from The Dana Show, and Chris Chandler, our news guru in Atlanta at our sister station, WSB. Uh, more coming up right after this with the State of the Union Roundtable on News 104.5 WOKV. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.